0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world today. I would like to greet you and welcome you to Wow, What a Show. My name is Phyllis. I am the host of Wow, What a Show. This is the live podcast outreach of Rehoboth Institute of the Arts. We've had a bit of technical difficulty this evening, but with God's grace, we will go forward now. I do believe all is well. And we pray and ask the Lord to oversee the connections that we have here via cyberspace. He is the author and finisher of our faith, but he's also the great and mighty creator of the whole world. And there is nothing that happens in this world that God is not aware of. He knows what he's doing, and we so praise and thank him for it. So with all things um, being in his hands and our trust being in him, we will continue and thank him for his goodness and what he is doing in our gathering time here. I thank all of you and welcome you too. Wow, what a show again. Our co-host this evening is Anna. Actually, she's going to be the moderator and facilitator of this show. Uh, She is going to be in the host seat. And I'm going to take a back seat. But just as we begin, I would love to pray uh, in my usual way by acknowledging our Father God, who is the great creator, as I said. And remember that he is the um, one who has made this earth and the environs in which we dwell all about the earth. He is the one who has spoken, the existence of all things in Psalm 19 reminds us that the heavens do declare his glory that the firmament shows forth his handiwork that day unto day utters speech and night unto night shows knowledge that there is no place where this speech is not heard. In other words, the glory of God is everywhere. It is everywhere. It doesn't matter where on the ball we are presently residing, where on this earthly and terrestrial ball we could find ourselves the glory of god is still spoken and we are so thankful that he knows our names father in the name of jesus christ we ask you tonight to guide our conversation lord to mend our broken hearts if there are any help us to understand our purpose and why we're here and um be In the forefront of everything that we discuss tonight, and by your spirit, Lord, make it all very clear and plain, and give us your foundation on which to stand in our discussion. And this I pray and ask in the name of Jesus, I ask you, Lord, to direct the speech of our our, our, our guest speaker tonight and help us, Lord, even if we've passed the years where we can be of major influence in terms of training up our children, we ask you, Lord, to give us even now wisdom as they are grown people and we are still um, influencing their lives or wanting to be anyway. So bless her in every word and help us in our discussion I praise you for it and thank you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Welcome, Anna Kane. I am so glad that you are here. You know, we have so many interferences um, <laughs> in everything that we try to do, and I hope you are not set off course because of them. All righty. So at this point, Ms. Anna, I've titled um, this, this session, this series that Anna will bring us, or she has given me the title, and that title is uh, parenting the career you never knew you had <laughs> or something like that. I forget, but it's uh, uh, based on uh, a work that Anna did years ago with a group of high school students. And she is broadening it now uh, to contain uh, or to bring all of us on board in its discussion. So, Anna, I turn it over to you. You may pray again in the vein that you love. And uh, I'm listening. Thank you, ma'am. Well, good evening. Uh, okay, so before yes. we get started. Can you hear me? Okay, there we go. All righty, go on now. All
1: right, all right. Well, good evening, and I will try to talk loudly. Uh, you can't tell, uh, I sound loud on my end, but I can't tell. So if I need to bring up the volume, please let me know. But I'm glad to be here tonight, everybody. I'm talking about mothering, which is parenting. And it, this particular talk does stem from a talk I presented uh, first to a school that um, Phyllis worked in where there were lots of teenage mothers. And we titled our pamphlet and our talk, Welcome to Your New Career. And it was a way to bring a a, a, a sort of greater weight and a a beautiful uh, perspective on motherhood. And at that time, my children were very small And I'm going to say to everybody on this call that I in no way think that I am uh, the epitome of any mother. I've gleaned a lot from my own mother, my grandmother, my aunties. Uh, Lots of women in my life have been good examples of mothering. The word has helped me learn how to be a mother. And I particularly was happy with what God did in my life as I raised my children when they were very young, and most of them are now uh, young adults, and so I'm really happy to be able to share basically what I was gleaning as God was maturing me during a but it also presented itself with challenges, and I think that's why some of what I share, or what I shared then, was really Potent not only for me, but I hope for the the listeners and that's because as you know through suffering lots of times um, Lots of insights God can bring your way and you're more apt to hear them and understand them better Sometimes through the suffering and, and not just in the good So tonight we're going to start in and I will say that we will continue this talk and be a little bit more specific to some practical applications For mothers. So, if you have anybody that you know who is a mother, I believe we're recording, but we'll also be able to invite others in, and so will I, to listen to some of the talk that pertains to what's applicable to the mother, particularly in this day and age when we know that mothering is coming out of the traditional realm for whatever reason in some circles. And I'd love to be able to sort of Uh, gather the flock of mothers back in so that they can see where motherhood has its common threads throughout history. And we don't have to, uh, for the sake of being modern, or, you know, in in a new world, basically chuck everything God intended for us to know as mothers, young, old, and in between. Uh, So let's start off with something I am just marveling over tonight. And that is the fact that motherliness is a very evident characteristic of God not that God is God the mother I do not agree with that would never say that but that God the motherliness that nurturing that he provides in the woman primarily not that it's not in the man at all but the what he gives us that sort of drives us and propels us to love and attach ourselves to our children is a very evident characteristic that I see in him. He brought man and woman together and created a child through them. And so with them working together, we actually can see characteristics of God. With Adam and Eve together, they became an expression of God, even though Adam was perfect when God made him. When God said, be fruitful and multiply, he looked at both of them and they together, just like with all creation, came together and they became this expression. And all the characteristics, um, you know, a lot of the characteristics of God are seen in motherliness. Excuse me, I marvel, basically, that the Lord will always have his center. I tell my children when we're out, oh, doesn't that remind you of the gospel? I'm looking at something in a flower or I'm looking at something in creation. And the more you read the word and the more you observe your life and life itself, you start to see where God is always showing us himself. And there is scripture that talks about knowing God in his creation, being able to see him in that not in a new age way but identifying him as creator and so basically we're out without excuse even when we observe his creation so i'm marveling that god is even in the center of my motherliness i see potential for any mother to represent god well in their mothering the bible says in proverbs that you give her, the woman, as wife and mother, the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. That's one of my favorite verses to sort of think about when I think about my own mother. When I think about motherhood as it was given to me. I had a mother who loved me. I knew that early on. And I think the one time I really understood that I really love this mother of mine was one time when she went away to a store in the evening time and it got dark. And for some reason I thought, where is she? And I was at my grandmother's house, I remember sitting on the couch and it just seemed like my mother was taking a really long time. And for the first time that I can really remember, I started to pray really hard that she would get back home, that was late, was she okay, was she safe? And I, I, it's the earliest memory I have of knowing, I love my mother because I'm so concerned that she's not here. Everything that she had been to me just came to the surface and I needed her to get back. And it was the happiest night in my life when she finally got back from the store. And so I, I t- talk about that because we're going to look into a bit about what the scripture says about what is a mother or who is the mother. I'm going to refer to a woman that I was introduced to by my mother, who was also a mother, Elizabeth Elliot. if you know anything about um, a martyr of, of men who were martyred as they went out to minister and to a, a, a group of peoples who have not actually heard the gospel. Elizabeth Elliot was the husband of Jim Elliot, and he was one of those martyred men. And she went on and translated the gospel in the the tribe's language and went on to do her work and became a really good expositor of the word for women uh, specifically. So we're gonna refer to some things that Elizabeth Elliot has said. We're gonna refer to the scripture. I'm going to start with looking at Hannah, one of my favorite mothers in the Bible. But I'm going to start with my own mother and just say motherhood is beautiful. And I had the privilege of being able to live with someone who exemplified motherly characteristics. Maybe this will resonate with you quickly. I'll go through a few things. I knew uh, my mother showed me that she loved me. She showed me that I will care for you Lots of things mothers do to show care, lots of things people do to show care, but it is a little different when you look at the person showing care and you know they're doing this because they are my mother. They are my parent. That's why they're doing this. They didn't choose me from a crowd and say, hey, I like you, little girl. Come on over here. Let me do these kind things for you and take care of you. They stand in the seat of responsibility and you know it. When you start looking up at a parent and observing who they are and comparing them in your head, not so much verbally, to everybody else in the world, you cling to them because you recognize I belong to them. And when you see someone like your mother begin to have behaviors that say... I belong to the person who's caring for me it really stands out and as any child will know you gravitate to that person and you become you know just uh, really attached to this mother so my mother showed care in so many ways she stayed home I can remember her vividly many times being at home in that blue and white sort of checkered long house dress she would wear Taking care of babies, I was privileged to be able to see my brother and sister young, uh, you know, be born. And so I was the oldest. I could watch her mother other people. She was domestic in many ways. I can see clearly many occasions where she made cake, she made food, she did all kinds of things. She made yogurt, she made jello, whatever it was. I could see her domesticity. I could see her cleaning. I could see her planning for our lives. I could see her letting me join in her life outside of motherhood whatever she did in dance, whatever she did in theater, whatever she did in any capacity, playing the organ for whatever she did at the appropriate time, she let me into her life. And so even that showed me my mother as a person. When I'm sick, she was there for me until today. She's there for me. Disciplining me when I'm out of the way, accepting me despite my flaws. All this, the mother, can show you this is what my mother showed me, and all of this becomes the behavior of a person who's assumed motherhood. So, I'm going to go back to the scripture that says, Give her the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. This is after we've gone through what the woman, what the wife, what the woman of the house does out of commitment to her home, and at the end, the Lord tells us that favor is deceitful, beauty is gain, but the woman that fears the Lord, she shall be praised. So give her the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. And I believe that actually with all of my heart. And that's why a conversation about being a mother, motherhood is really important. And not just, dare I say, because many people choose not to be mothers, many people choose to say well I could be a mother but I'm gonna opt for another option and I'm just not going to do this even beyond that I think we're losing and every generation probably says that we're losing something and maybe it's true maybe every generation has passed we're losing a thread of something but we're definitely with a lot of young mothers and mothers my age, mothers in their thirties who have careers, life is different. And so motherhood doesn't seem to get the honor that I think it is due. And anybody on this call who's actually been a mother knows that, hey, this is a lot of work, but it's a different type of work. And it's one that shouldn't be in the shadows behind all that women can do. It should actually come to the forefront. The Bible says in Proverbs also that she opens her mouth with wisdom, and in her tongue, this woman has the law of kindness. So the Bible, there are lots of mothers in the Bible, but before we get to one, I just want to you know, set up a bit about the woman who assumes motherhood, the woman who's the family woman. What does the Lord think about her? What kind of characteristics might she have? And this one, <laughs> believe it or not, is a really a big deal and it's a hard thing to accomplish. A woman who will walk in wisdom and open her mouth and have these wonderful sayings, this wise counsel and also be kind, let's face it. uh, If you become a mother, it doesn't automatically mean you become an exemplary person, but motherhood will call you to one of the best lives you can live. There's so much that happens for you in addition to for the child that only comes through motherhood. Another scripture would say children are the heritage of the Lord and the fruit of the womb is his reward. Think of the honor that we have to have a child because the fruit of the womb, the Bible says, is God's reward. And so looking at motherhood in light of what the Lord receives from that, is being able to see that what we're allowed to participate in is for him. Again, I marvel that he is in the center of motherhood. Isaiah says, in Isaiah 49, it said, can a woman forget her sucking child? The answer is sort of rhetorical, probably not. That she should not have compassion on the son of her womb. Yea, they may forget yet, will i not forget thee? and what i'm focusing in on here is the, the 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 question can a woman can a mother turn away basically from her brand new baby that sucking child won't the mother be the one that has the compassion on the son of her womb the answer is absolutely and so looking at motherhood again god gives us some illustrations he gives some references to woman and child, to really make a greater point about himself, in my opinion. So let's start and look at what motherhood isn't. Motherhood can be a lot of things, but at the same time, it's really only a few things, okay? It can be illustrated in a lot of ways, I should say, just like the list I gave, lots of things I saw my mother be, things she showed me a mother should be, I saw that. But in the essence, it's really not so much, it's just expressed in a lot of different ways. But what is it not? And I'm sort of, I have one answer to that. And that's just to dispel the notion that women can't do this, or that it's an imposition. And what motherhood is not, in my opinion, is an unbearable burden. It's not unbearable lots of things that we do require commitment for a season lots of things let's take a look at hannah and recognize that when we start to view motherhood as this experience that's overtaking me and instead of always and i mean always since this child i was telling someone recently this child is not mine (laughs) I am a carrier. I was ner- I was so ecstatic when I was pregnant, but I always knew from the very beginning, I can't do this. What's happening? I'm just participating. Even though I'm carrying it, I can't get through that birth and I can't raise this baby on the inside. God is doing this, this amazing thing. So Hannah goes in, look you wanna go back and look at an example of someone who understood the wonder and the
0: proof
1: Hannah had two wives and just like this might be reminiscent of another story we're very familiar with he's got two wives one has children Penina and the other one does not and in this case the one with child basically doesn't let Hannah go a day without reminding her you have no children she becomes basically the adversary, the Bible says. The Lord, the Bible says, shut up, Hannah's womb. But not the other wife's womb. So what does Hannah do if you know, she goes and she's going to pray. She's going to be sorrowful for years and years and years. They go up for the offering. Hannah's always the one who is you know, saddened because The other wife is having, uh, Panaya is having children, and she is not. So she goes up to the house of the Lord one year, and her husband says to her, why are you weeping? And, you know, why don't you eat? And he says, aren't I better to you than even ten sons? And one thing he did that's also reminiscent of another story we know is that he loved her, really. He would give her a greater portion. He would give Paniah and the children their portions, but he would always give the one he loved who was barren a greater portion. But God does hear the prayer of Hannah, and she actually gives this, she, this expository, sort of like what Mary does. They have this moment of um, exaltation to God because God eventually does give Hannah a child. And that child as we know him is Samuel. And Hannah says that she would dedicate this child back to God if God would give it to her. So what happens? Hannah, who was not a mom, becomes a mother. And this is her greatest joy. This All that shame that was associated with not being able to have a child, particularly not having a son. And maybe that doesn't really resonate with us so much today. We're happy with girl or boy, but it was, uh, you know, the, the, the seed line, the family line goes through the son. So have daughters, yes, but have a son for sure would have been the blessing. And so Hannah has this child and I marvel. And the reason why I bring her up is because one, again, not having something gives you an appreciation for it. There are lots of people today who would like to have a child and cannot. We know that. There are lots of women who have had pregnancies and have lost the child that they did have. They have such an appreciation for motherhood. This woman had an appreciation to the degree that she says, I will give him back to you and he will serve you. And sure enough, he does. Every year, After she weaned him, she would make him a little coat, take it up there as he grew. She committed herself to even continually being his mother. But eventually, this person who God allowed her to love and to raise and to nurture, she gives back to the Lord and Samuel goes off and we know that the Lord uses him and the way that he had ordained for his life. So just looking at Hannah, I just want to point out a couple of things. I think she actually exemplifies the right attitude toward being a mother and and toward motherhood. And that is that it is a blessed gift from God. It is a wonder and it is a coveted part of the experience. And it doesn't necessarily mean that every single woman wants mothering in the same way. That's not it. But in a general sense, it is the cry and the desire of women in general. And I think she understood that and she loved the idea that God would bless her so with this privilege that she was not selfish, that she in turn gave him back to service to the Lord. Another thing is that I think that Hannah um, recognized that her son was not her own and that having a child was a calling And so to give him back, we wouldn't fathom doing that. I mean, if you belong to a denominational church and there's some sort of service in the church, I don't really see any parents giving their children back to priests, back to pastors, back to whomever, they don't give them back in that way. But she was able to do that and God blessed her with more sons and more daughters. And so I like to think about Hannah when she prayed for the child that God gave her. And sometimes when I think of us as Christians, I say, well, if we ask for a family, I want to be married, have children, when we get them, we should remember that we got what we asked for. So how am I going to be a good steward of what you've given me? What does that look like when it seems like it's a little bit more overwhelming than I thought, but what do we do? We've got God's image right here. <laughs> We're, we're carrying an image bearer of our God. The breath of life is here. He allowed us to participate. So now what do we do? So I'm gonna stress before I move on, I'm just gonna say what motherhood is not. It's not an unbearable burden. It shouldn't be looked at as a burden. Work associated with it, sure. There's work associated with carrying of the child, work associated with the delivering of the child, work associated with the raising of the child. But there's so much wonder. That's why people keep gravitating toward it. That's why we romanticize it. That's why we say things like, oh, how cute, how wonderful. Because there's something inherently in us that lets us know that this is good. When God made man, he said what he made was good. Everything that he made was very good. And so we too want to participate in giving of ourselves. We too want image bearers. We want someone to come forth from us. So much of this is just a representation of who God is and how he deals with us and his ultimate plan for man. Us wanting to be parents, going into motherhood, uh, you know, coming out, nurturing, caring for. All of that, I believe, is such a privilege that if we looked at it in light of This is sort of the calling, one of the actual callings of a woman, if you can sort of bear that comment, um, then we might look at it differently. It's not a burden. So let's go over to what Miss Elliot has to say about some things. And I actually just found a a really good post that was literally just on the Internet when I went to write my own sort of definition of motherhood. And I go, oh, with technology, we're so fortunate. (laughs) Somebody has already articulated something that'll work. And it says that motherhood is a gift from the Lord and one of the ways that we can glorify and serve him. And I think even a person who knows, doesn't know Christ, who <clears throat> is not committed to biblical scripture, I think inherently they also know that this is a gift that people say it all the time. They may not necessarily look at it as glorifying God, but they sure do pamper and you know hover over and take care of these babies as if they were you know, precious right? And that this is something I need to, you know, take care of, be jealous of, I'm responsible for. There's a lot of commitment on both ends to this child. And in doing so, it is a glory to God in one sense, because you're not squandering or or butchering or, you know, uh, neglecting this gift that you've been given. It says it gives us many opportunities to grow in our understanding of God's mercy. Absolutely. Now, can I get an amen there? When you're a mother or a parent, you have many opportunities to understand God's mercy, understand his love, and understand his grace. Notice, these are the very uh, things that God extends to us when we choose to follow him. This is an opportunity to understand the gospel message and being a mother, particularly if you're a Christian mother or you're somebody who at least has an understanding of the Bible in some way, shape or form. You will be challenged in providing mercy, giving, extending mercy. You will be challenged in giving love and love is more than the feel good love. What about the love that requires discipline? What about the love that requires commitment? What about all the other aspects of love? And then grace. So I love that motherhood. The last thing is motherhood is sanctifying, but it's also sweet. And I thought that was pretty neat. Absolutely. I learned a lot about myself, particularly what comes out of my mouth. And then I think about what I'm saying. And I always, even more so when the children got older, what has God said to me? Does that ring a bell? (laughs) What I'm saying, what I'm expecting, my expectation of this creation and their response back to me. It's also sanctifying in the fact that I'm humbled. I recognize my own faults more often than I did before. I'm challenged in different ways. Uh, So God gives me an opportunity to humble myself, repentance, so that sanctification can happen, but it's a sweet thing. And every day you wake up with a child in your house, you start over because it's so sweet. It's the person you love. It's the opportunity you've been given. It's, I'm your mother. I'm his mother. I'm her mother. They love me. I love them. It's a beautiful thing. So let's go on to, to a few things items here. This is a funny thing that I heard once from Elizabeth Elliott. Someone was talking with her, and the quote was, you mean that's all you do? Meaning you're a stay-at-home mom, like you don't do anything else? <laughs> and oftentimes that is what, the mother the person who decides i will have a child i'm having a child i've had it and then they stay home so we've got two types of moms we've got the mother who is home and then we've got mothers who work and somewhere in between part-time working stay at home a we'll little bit but when you're the one who stays at home we'll deal with her first it means is that what you do, you, you, you just stay at home? And I think what popularized this line, I don't know so much that people were saying it as much as TV and movies were putting it out there. And you know, once it gets on the, the screen, all of a sudden people adopt phrases and, and statements that they might not have otherwise really adopted. So is that all you do when you're a mother? So she says, your, your life is given to taking care of people. You've got small ones to begin with, it never seems to cease. Sometimes the days that you live seem to be wholly taking up with just taking care of these people. That's it. And everything that these people do, like make dirty dishes, (laughs) have runny noses, need you to dress them, need you to feed them. And it starts all over again. The monotony is, you know, you can't stress enough that it's a monotonous job in some ways. You're going to do some of the same things over and over and over again if you're a, a mother. But again, let me remind us that we're talking about motherhood and the wonder I think that goes with it. And the fact that motherhood gives us an opportunity to see the gospel, it gives us an opportunity to actually see God. So I'd love to know who would like for God to stop his nurturing and take a, a vacation, take a few days off, or hand it over to one of the Greek gods and say, you guys do this right now because I need me time. Anything, you know, imagine if the repetition that God shows us clearly, clearly nature is repetitive. Everything happens over and over and over again. If the day doesn't get you, you're not you know, opening your eyes. So is that all you do? Absolutely. That is all we do. We take care of people which in and of itself encompasses a variety of things. And sometimes the monotony is broken up with little things that happen at different stages, but eventually it'll start over and then you'll get some changes. So I thought that was pretty funny. And the, the issue here is that oftentimes we're listening to what people are telling us about how important it is to find yourself and express yourself and assert yourself And if you're doing all those things, the idea is that having a toddler at your foot or have taking people to school every day is not gonna allow you to do that. So maybe women are thinking that they got, they're nothing else more than somebody else's wife or somebody else's mother. And what kind of life is that anyway? Oh, I'm sorry, have you been given the opportunity to actually raise a human being and mold them, shape them, much like God does for us if we allow him and send them out into society so they become you? Well, well, who are you in the world? I mean, did you just get here by yourself? Were you not worth more time and you know intentionality from somebody somewhere? So why is it that all we do, why is it that some people think, well, you're a mother and so lesser kind of goes with your name, but she's a lawyer and wow, you know so I wanted to point out that it's not all we do in a lesser sense. You have the privilege of creating people who run the world. Those people will turn around and make decisions for you in your old age. <laughs> so these, this is a great responsibility and it's an awesome way to represent that repetitiveness that's a good monotony that God illustrates every time he deals with you and me as grownups every single. Day. Hasn't he told us this? Hasn't he done this before? Hasn't he extended his mercy before? Hasn't he taken care of you before? There's a tribe that she points out in Sudan. And in this tribe, when you become a mother, your name changes. So instead of your name changing when you get married, the name, they attach something to the name when the woman has a child, which I thought was a wonder. So motherhood is a calling. It's a womanly calling and womanly calling versus manly and all the things that we're doing with words today, don't let them throw you. It's a womanly thing to be a mother. It's a woman's obedience to a command. And in doing so, she is self-giving. And I wanted to slow down here because I'm going to say like Dr. McGee would say, right, Phyllis, may I say to you, (laughs) He would say, may I say, may I say it to you? What a wonderful reflection of Jesus when you have to be self-giving. Jesus, who for the love of us, for me, gave himself. And this is contrary to those messages that say, and let's listen to some of the messages that are going out to our women. I come first. That's a woman, I imagine her with a Gucci bag and her high heels. I'm going to look after me. What about me and my needs? And this I imagine, and you can imagine your own type of woman, but the woman who's complaining to the husband, what about me? You get to, and I hear this all the time, but what about me? I'm stuck here with the kids. What about the message? I have to think of myself first. And this is a woman who's on the way to you know, college or doing something, you know, 25, 23. It's like, that's when you start saying that. I've gotta think of myself first. How can I help a child if I can't help myself? Now this is the message I hear the devil putting in the mind of a woman who has to contemplate motherhood. How can I help this child if I can't help myself? It is a very effective lie that you can do nothing because you don't have enough. And all it's saying is that you don't have enough materially. that you're reading into tomorrow. What about the message that says, my body is mine and mine alone, and I will not fill in any blanks behind that. That, to me, is self-explanatory. And on one hand, there's absolute truth to it but when the mothering aspect comes in it, we cannot say it's me and nobody but me. What about the message? I do not have to subject myself to anybody. You know who I think of when I say that? I think of Whoopi Goldberg, because for some strange reason, the woman for me has fallen off the handle. She yells a lot, she seems very upset, and so when I think of somebody saying that, no offense to her, I don't know her, but I think of things she said and it's basically, and you know, I don't have to direct myself to anybody. Yes, you do. Mothers, yes, we do. And that is not what the devil wants us to think. And that is that that is oppressive. There is a type of oppression. And if you really understood the difference between the two, motherhood would blossom for you. The last one, or maybe a couple more, I'm liberated. Now, I'm not, you know, that didn't happen with my generation. I know it came before, a few back. But I'm liberated from something, and therefore, another line would be, I shouldn't have to sacrifice everything. I come first. I shouldn't have to sacrifice, is what I'm honing in on here. But... When we obey, and it is, I'm saying these things, but not because I haven't been challenged in them till sometimes when you're sharing with other people, you want to slow down and say, God have mercy. I'm sharing it, but you know, that's what I'm doing. I'm sharing it. And I wouldn't have it share if I didn't understand some of the struggle. So sacrifice, you give yourself to the husband. He initiates, you respond, then you give yourself for the life of your child. So a woman knows in the deepest regions of her being that the self-giving is a part of really who we are. And if I dare say, it's kind of how we were made. Now, nobody wants to say that today, that you were made to, (laughs) they're going to translate it as, you're made to have babies. (laughs) That is the very thing that's rejected. Absolutely. But God did say in essence have children period and he didn't really add enough behind that for us to know whether he meant hey do we get to make that choice can we you know follow a calendar and create you know a number for ourselves what have them multiply in and of itself indicates that it won't just be one for two you're going to have to reproduce exponentially so eventually this 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 tribe will grow okay but it's self-giving It's what's happening here. And if we can look at our motherhood outside of our human experience, we get a bigger vision of what it is we're doing and participating in in this very short life that we have. Elizabeth seems to assert that maturity is measured by how we give to other people. And the one place it starts at 6 a.m. in the morning is with a child. One thing I love that she says, and this is key, you're a mother you lose yourself in your child and then mysteriously you find it isn't that beautiful does that not remind us of a scripture that Jesus gave us you you will find your life you lose it everything contrary to what the flesh sort of gravitates toward if you lose it for my sake you'll find it so here I love this line mysteriously I find myself in that morning commitment to my child. And I wanna pop over here to a, a few things that I think, <clears throat> or I hope will really sort of uh, help us to consider what we're doing. Uh, when, I, when we, we cu- talked about the pamphlet with the young moms, it was welcome to your new career. So that they had hope that, hey, what I'm embarking upon is actually, it's a career. I've got purpose in what I'm doing. This is not just an accident maybe. You know, this, I've got purpose here. I've got a job to do. But even if we're not the young mother who finds herself maybe surprisingly, you know, uh, in the motherly way, um, it is still something we we, we need to consider. What about, um, you know, looking for better or higher vocations? Is that what we should be doing in place of motherhood? Do we need to prove our personhood By doing other things, like getting a full-time job. By the way, who wants to work eight hours a day? Anyway, nine to five, eight to five, they make it even longer. It's like seven to something. It's ridiculous. Why would you want to work just so you can go back to work? I thought you were working to live, but I, so why why would you want that over motherhood? You can answer that question. Maybe there are some answers. But we're proving ourselves day in and day out with motherhood and we're saying about the mothers of yesteryear that that's all they did was stay home. But I wanna remind us that some of the greatest innovators in our country, the greatest gains in our country, uh, a lot of the moving forward and building up in our country, the one I know happened because of committed mothers, the rich and the poor alike. They were at home primarily, not all the time. Sometimes they couldn't do it, but it was actually a normal thing, at least. Now the norm is not that you stay home. It's that you go and be something. We can be equal to men. So let's do what they do and have babies. You know, that, that commercial, bring home the bacon fried up in the pan, all that. Wonder Woman, you know, we can do everything. And unfortunately, a lot of the innovation is now in the hands of a a small number of folks. And before, you know, in, in the world that I live in, with all the struggles and all the horrors, it was built up. But notice, somebody had to be there to raise up people that were going to be able to take certain types of leadership. And I do stress, the poor and the rich alike, there were mothers at home. So we go on and it just says, you know, that this is sort of an old fashioned notion to be a mother that committed to a child, looking for better and you know, higher vocations are what people, what women are seeking after more. Let's look at motherhood as a chalice, a vessel without which no human being has ever been able to be born. She is a life bearer. She's cooperating with the husband and God and making a child. What a solemn responsibility. What an unspeakable privilege, a vessel divinely prepared for the master's use. And even if you don't know the master, it is still an unspeakable privilege. It's still coveted by many. And even if you're not a mother, it shouldn't be something that's disdained or devalued or put on the plane of you know on the plane field you know equate it with something that really has no longevity no long-term purpose to it at all if i am a lawyer and i defend you know a bunch of people or i work at a desk and i do a lot of estate settlements at the end of the day that is not as important as a development of a human being if i've been given the opportunity to do that so to put that child aside to further myself in other secular ways is not what God has called us to do. And again, even if you don't know him, I think inherently we feel a call toward motherliness, even when we're pursuing other things. And so tonight, not to belabor it so long, because we're going to continue the talk and we're going to talk more specifically about motherliness in terms of what that looks like for a woman in 2023 motherliness and its possibilities for the individual because one thing i wanted to sort of highlight is what motherliness actually does for us you've got god who created woman and man for his good pleasure he purposed for them to be fruitful and multiply he has told the woman that her children will rise up and call her blessed he is basically giving us tenure the immediate tenure that we get that's sort of unlike the type of tenures and longevity that we seek in careers outside of motherhood and i just want us to really start to think about it it's one of two callings you've got fatherhood and you've got motherhood (laughs) and they both equally are important to uh the the movement of the human race and what happens what the outcomes are are often dependent upon what we're doing in the station in which we find ourselves when we become mothers. To close, I want to point to an example. There's a woman that I know, this is a true story, she works here at the university, or she did, and she became a colleague friend. She came, professor, and if you know anything about working in academia, you've got assistant professors, you've got professorships, you've got associate professors, you've got adjunct instructors, you've got a few layers, little levels, okay? She comes, she's worked, she's got her degrees, and she's a professor. While she's here, she gains a position, um, and she gains a lot of uh, rapport with students. I've heard students even tell me that they really like her. She's actually a, an African, and so she's come here, and she's you know developed and done all the hard work, uh, but she moves here from another state. The goal was to bring everybody here eventually so that they could settle here, so she's in good reputation. She's building up. She was up for tenure coming up in March, so now that puts you know, some longevity and some, some weight and some some stability to her position. But something happens. And as a mom, she's got twins. She decides she's not coming back. Now, this is a woman who sacrificed not only as a mom in another state, but coming here to make help their family make a new life. But for the sake of her family, after all of the work, and we both said it, after all this work, after she was two time awarded when she was here. And she'd only been here at that time for like maybe four years. So she's doing great things, you know, she's... After all of that, the motherhood has to take precedence over all the things that she could do for herself. Her ambitions, her goals, her want to maximize on her education, her investment, all that work. And she has taken a job as an adjunct That's the job I get the privilege to do. And I don't have nearly the work that she has and I don't have her credentials. So motherhood, what is that? Self-sacrifice, this motherhood that God calls many a woman to. Again, focusing on the fact that in our motherhood, God is at the center. He's at the center. He gives us an opportunity to see him. His gospel, I believe, is in my paying attention to my mothering. I can see that. And he puts it right there in front of us. And does he rush us along? Absolutely not, but it's just for a season. And anybody who's been a mother knows when the season is over, you look back and you ask yourself, what have I done with that position that I've been given? And I believe this example of her going back and calling me and saying, I'm not coming back. I'm not going to come back. She had already humbled herself and taken this one you know, course position at this university in your What are we going to do? Are we going to take this seriously and embrace it and enjoy it for the, the short amount of time that we're given to really mother? You know, when, they're, when children are adults, then we have to, we still mother. Because like I said, it's a, it's a tenure forever. <laughs> You're tenured the moment. As long as God gives us breath, we're tenured. We have this position. But there is a, a specific amount of time into their adulthood that we're allowed to nurture and to care and to lead and to guide in a way that is different when they're older. So, why don't we look at this as, as a gr- grand opportunity to just reassess this career, this endeavor? And with all that the world is telling us and with all that we have to do, let's. Put this back in the forefront. It's not unbearable. There's a lot of joy and wonder in it. And that's not cliche. It's true. And you won't know it until you sit in its seat. So we'll come back, Phyllis, and we'll talk a little bit more specifically. I just wanted to sort of bring us into the conversation of motherhood. And we'll go into maybe some more practical conversations, maybe get some questions that we can tackle here and look at scripture and what the the lord maybe says about some specifics regarding women and taking on motherhood in addition to living the life that women find themselves living you know amidst a lot of things in are traditional and trying to get ahead having to work education etc choices um, culture etc mm-hmm. if anybody wants to join in there that would be great let me pray also. God, I thank you for Jesus that, that, you're, that you called me to salvation. God, I don't know anything. I can still remember moments when I would look at people praying and mothers and, and women uh, sort of stand out right now and just looking at them and accepting all that they were saying and doing, but really I wasn't with them. I didn't know exactly what they were doing. And then throughout learning, under mother, hearing the word of God, I definitely was a recipient, Lord, of hearing the word. I came to have an understanding by your Holy Spirit, and I could choose you more clearly. I could have an understanding of what salvation meant. And one day, behold, I was, I was yours. I chose you and you, you now lived here in this temple and you've forgiven me. And I thank you. And having said that, Lord, I just say that to say, please, father, just bring to us a conversation that's going to help us to help us help other mothers and to continue to help us as mothers. The Bible says that the Older women should teach the younger women. We should do more of that. Instead, I think we're on the sidelines watching and patting on the back, and we are stepping out of the chair that you put us in and saying, hey, I'll sit with you, instead of saying, hey, come up here, young lady. These are the types of seats that we sit in as mothers. This is the responsibility, this is the wonder. And I I feel like there's a lot of that not happening. There are not a lot of kitchen table conversations, but there's a lot of following of young girls in the culture. And these young girls then become 25 and then they become 35. And so what's being imparted? I pray God that you would give a revelation to everybody and a share from everybody on what it really means to have biblical motherhood. What pleases you? How do we do this in such a way that it represents that nurture that you give to us as your people. And I just pray that God, you again, just um, bless all that um, is of you. Help us to remember everything that is of you and nothing that is not, and, and that we would have a fruitful time in next week's discussion. Amen.
0: Oh my. Praise be to the Lord. I so appreciate Anna your introductory uh, discussion talk sharing on motherhood and I want to say to all the gentlemen um who have joined us this evening that we are going to seg into as Anna did in this opening uh discussion the role of co-parenting, we as mothers can't be as specific in terms of understanding all about the men. We could attempt to do that, but hopefully, and by God's grace and power, we will run this course of motherhood, which I think all men should hear, into a course with fatherhood, which I believe all women should hear because, Anna, you have touched on, uh, without so-calling it, the battle that rages against the family and the upbringing of children in our present world. God is good, and I am so grateful for all of you who have joined us, and I uh, repent. I should have sent uh, invitations to everybody in my contact list who I know to be a parent or in you know in, in position to be a parent, because this has been on my heart uh, for a long time. The idea that we or I, indeed, and Anna said so, are. Perfect in in having been mothers. There is no perfection because there's very little help. And so you pick up on the things that your mother and your father did for you. And they were not perfect because there was no help except God's word. And so without a lot of interaction between um, uh, young moms and, you know, or young families to support one another. You falter and you do the best you can. Right. I was far away from my mother as I was not in the, not in honest first years, but in the in the uh, ensuing years after, you know, I moved away. And while she was still young and my other two children were young, I was living in a brand new you know society to people that I didn't know at all, and the Lord sent me a very good friend who was uh, divorced and she had time to spend with me. Let me put it that way and we We were together for a little bit, and so and I had a you know pretty strong church uh, environment um and that was help right and then I had a mother with whom I spoke once a week, and that was help um so I'm so really uh, taken with all the things that you brought out tonight. And I won't even begin to um, go back over these points, but I want you to know that as usual, I have three pages of notes here that were so important as I listened. And I also want you to know that as I re- replay my years as a parent, I realize how quickly they went. And I also realized where there were great gaps and holes in my ability to see some of what you were saying, but that the Holy Spirit walked with me and gave me. With my husband, my husband was very, very faithful in um, in the lives of my other children. You know, my my young when they were young, um, and that that you you walk into problem areas, and th- so it isn't all wonderful, but it is as Anna pointed out, a season of absolute wonder. And somehow I love this motherliness that is in God. We 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 see the character of God in what we're doing because he gives you a strength and a knowing. It is almost like a miracle that your heart is knit to your children and you do all that you can do. The sacrifice begins to pour out. If you're walking with Christ, for sure, Anna, I'm so grateful, I'm so grateful and I'm looking forward to uh, our next uh, presentation and uh, I have no idea what she's going to bring. I appreciate and thank God that my child has a memory of at least me loving her. At least I showed that and I am so grateful. I don't think I did many things as I could have done them. Uh, it's a hindsight reflection, <laughs> but I'm grateful to God that uh, they were always my priority. They were my initial focus. So with that, I uh, what can I say? For all of you who've come, uh, some I recognize, you know, and uh, some have done great, great things with their children. They've been so... Uh, they, you know, blessed by the Lord to just uh, bring up baby and that baby walks in beauty and grace. And then there are others of us who brought up baby and the, some babies walked into grace and the others, you know, struggle and suffer alone. And uh, the heart of God in us, as you quoted the scripture, uh, the mother cannot turn away. Uh, it's hard for a mother to let go. That is not an easy thing, uh, even if it's a wise thing. For from time to time, the Lord really has sown those heartstrings. And so we are connected. And I do pray that as we continue to discuss this topic, we all will learn. And even though you may have um, uh, grown children, we'll go into prayer for those grown children who have not yet maybe found that position in Christ, in Christ first and foremost, that would cause them to live the abundant and fruitful life that Anna mentioned. Because did you ever think about it? I didn't. We are raising the people who will run the world. That is a discussion in and of itself. May our Lord God be praised for what he has given us this evening. And I pray, Lord, that you will recompense Anna Cain according as she has given out, that you will, Lord God, bless her children in a way that she has yet to see and that as they continue in their uh, adult lives, they will see the beauty in their mother and Be as you have written. They will rise up and they will call her blessed. As I pray the same for every mother on this line and for every father or potential father on this line, may they begin to understand the heart of the mother and cooperate with, not against. Criticize not those things which a mother's heart are are so miraculously knit, to do and support with wisdom and understanding as you have already uh, appointed to them in your word that they will be head of the household, even as Christ is head of the church. And so when Christ deals with his church, he does so with care, loving care, kindness, guidance, wisdom and embracing he is good to his church and so fathers in that um, that position that he's placed you in I pray also that you will glean and and ingest and take part in the heart of God in you for the mom and the children and please y'all I don't ask you to invite people often and I've said to you over and over again, I will sit here and talk about Jesus by myself. That is not a problem for me, because I know I'm going to, of course, you know, share it out um, on, on other platforms. The recording goes beyond uh this platform. But I don't have any problems talking about the Lord myself on the topics that it gives me. But this topic, this topic, so important to the communities in which we live. We're seeing so much uh, uh, violence um, amongst our young kids, right? And we, we want some way to contribute to the solutions and not be always those who are complaining about a thing and being disgusted by things. We want to jump in. And if all we can do is utter a prayer, And if all we can do is hear from the Lord to understand where things have gone askew and then begin to be those who will help to mend the tear. Oh God, let it be that we understand that and that we become participants as your church in this world, Lord, that our witness and our love for one another and beyond will speak volumes and then draw many as we give your gospel in which we show the world that you have been lifted up for the forgiveness of every man's sin, if he indeed will have it. In the name of Jesus, we come and we praise you, Lord, with full faith. We are trusting that what we do here has some impact for your glory and your kingdom. In the name of Jesus Christ. And with that, my dears, I say thank you so much. Invite someone, male or female, it does not matter, because this discussion is relevant. And whether their children are young or old, it is still a relevant hearing for them. And hopefully you will come again and join us next Wednesday at eight o'clock. And also be uh, aware that uh on tomorrow this this same um discussion this same recording will be on the episode list of rehoboth institute of the arts and uh my honor Kane, miss uh fresh space is there i want to thank you one more time big time i just i was so engrossed uh do you have last words
1: learning with everybody and I would love for us to all invite someone because I did have questions and I thought it might be fun for a moment to have people respond in the chat so that it's a little more interactive Uh, nothing long and drawn out but that would be great as I finish with some of the the highlights about motherhood that I thought would be helpful so invite a friend that would be great
0: Wouldn't that be wonderful and I want you to know that there are some great moms in this audience and I believe they have uh, a lot to contribute you know, and it, uh, we try to create a platform through and by which we can have open discussions, even if you write in the chat, but you can also uh, ask to join us and sit in the seat and speak openly uh, so that everyone hears what you have to say. I think that uh, God has done a great thing in many moms and many fathers and to, to have it shared uh, on a public platform such as this one and have other young folks hear it. Uh, It's it's just uh, an awesome privilege. God bless you. I'm so glad you came. We have definitely dined at a table tonight. And this table was definitely set by only the finest chef the world has ever known. And that is our Father, God, who through and by His Son, Jesus Christ, made atonement for the sins of the whole world so that whoever would believe in Him could not perish but have everlasting life. That is an awesome gift that he has given. And uh, so, guys, we go away rejoicing. Remember I told you about my friend and how we would dine all evening into the early morning, some of the finest evenings of my life, the most joyous ones, all in great fun and fellowship. And that's what we do here by the Spirit of God, His presence. So we go forth with thanksgiving, rejoicing and thanking Him for His mercy, His kindness, His love, His care. And listen, just in bringing these topics to mind, we know that He's thinking about it. You see, otherwise we wouldn't be thinking about it. We are born again of His Spirit. We do as He beckons us and calls us. God bless you all. May you have a wonderful rest of your day and may the Lord our God keep you till we meet again. Good night or good morning or good afternoon.